What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. And I am your friendly neighborhood cartel recovering from a slabalanche. Slabalanche. Hey, that was good. That was real good. Came out of left field. Team, today we have uh, a very special guest on the podcast. Uh, his name is Name. He goes by Indigenous Rookie Cards on Instagram. I will put that in the description so you'll have an opportunity to check out his fantastic collection. Very unique. And uh, honestly, it's unlike anything I've seen. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about his experience in the hobby. Um, you know, what draws him to this collection and uh, his favorite players, his favorite cards team. This is going to be a fun, loving episode, and I can't wait to jump into it. So, Name, let's, uh, how will we introduce you? Um, happy to be here, guys. Uh, my name is Name Cardinal. Um, I live in Kelowna, BC. I'm originally from a small community in northern Alberta called uh, Port Vermilion. And uh, for the last two years, I've been here in Kelowna. But before that, I was living in Edmonton for 18 years. And I've been collecting for about 20 years. Amazing. That's awesome stuff. Now, name a lot of people, I, I would assume, uh, a lot of people that are checking us out uh, may actually be familiar with name and, and his IG page. I have been on, uh, I've, I'm pretty sure I've done some spots on other uh, podcasts and, and shows with name. Uh, he has a, an, uh, an, an incredibly uh, important collection that he shows off. In my mind, it's, it's, it's got multiple functions. It's a collection like we all have, like we all have a PC collection here and there. It's educational. Uh, it serves a little bit more purpose, that, let's say, than, than the, the average PC. And in a lot of ways, name, it's kind of like with Peter Pacman. We are buddies. Uh, we've spent a lot of time chatting. It's kind of, uh, it's, it, it, you know, doing this interview format is almost a little strange when you're, when you're, when you know someone well and you respect them and, and, and we've, we've spent so much time chatting and, and talking. But the, the one thing that we haven't talked a ton of that we'll get started with here on Cardboard Coaches is uh, the origins, man. Like uh, when you discovered the sport of hockey that we all love how you began collecting and how you refined the collection. So if you can let us know a little bit about that, I think that'd be a great way to get started. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, I've watched hockey pretty much my whole life. Um, hockey is probably the biggest sport in my community. Um, oh, I'm from pretty far North in Alberta and it's cold probably about eight or nine months out of the year. So <laughs> everyone there plays hockey. Um, I watched a lot of hockey growing up did a lot of pond hockey, street hockey. I just didn't play organized hockey because um, my family couldn't afford uh, to buy me equipment or pay fees and stuff. But I had skates, I had a stick, had a puck. I was out there on the ice and I was doing my thing. And um, as bad as I wanted to play organized and be on the team, it just it just wasn't happening. And uh, I, I grew up uh, watching Hockey Night in Canada every weekend. We had like two channels. One of them was CBC. So uh, you know, hockey night in Canada is going to be part of that on Saturday nights, and it, it was just a huge part of my household. Like I remember um, playing street hockey with my brothers and all their friends, and they're all older than me. They're all three, four years older than me, and uh, and just right in the thick of it with them, like getting checked around, throwing me in net, facing their slap shots. Um, I remember playing like. Uh, um, I don't know what some people call it, like that little stick hockey. 
um, like you're in a hallway. Oh, we use the clay a lot. Sure. I know yeah. what you're talking every about. Every variation like of mini, mini puck, puck, right? Around. I think it's yeah, called mini yeah. puck. Yeah, yeah. 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 We play that for hours. Like if we weren't outside playing hockey, we were in our house playing hockey. We called it hockey in the hallway, but it was like, it was that game. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course. Yeah. So we would play that for hours. Everything was hockey. And the unfortunate thing was that I couldn't, I couldn't afford to play. So yeah. I couldn't actually play uh, like organized hockey. And, um, but I started collecting hockey cards when I think it was like, uh, I think it was about eight years old. It was 1989. Um, the year before that, uh, I remember being at my cousin's house and we were over at their house visiting and we were in their bedroom hanging out and they opened up one of their, the drawers on their dresser and they like pulled out this uh, photo album. And back in those days, we didn't have like the nine page slots or whatever it was like actual photo albums that you kept your cards in so they pulled out their their um, photo album and it was all 1988 89 opg you know the one with the attack the Brett yeah, Hall rookie yeah. card year yeah i remember looking at those and like thinking how awesome they were and like how beautiful they were and i wanted to collect and my older brother started collecting um right around that time as well but I remember being so fascinated and enamored with these cards and, and wanting to do that myself because I thought it was so cool. So um, I started collecting the year after um, the Joe Sackick rookie year. Um, and then we also had an ESO in our hometown. So they had those like, uh, I don't know if you remember them. They were like the Hall of Fame books. And you like had to lick the back of the, those little cards to stick them inside. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Those ESO cards are part of our, uh, our history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were they were uh, they were classic for sure. But we had those, and I remember um, looking at my brother's uh, collection, and you know, just you just always want to like try keep up to your older siblings. Yeah. So I was trying to do that, and that's what got me into collecting was being around the game of hockey, and then being around people that I knew who were older than me that who were collecting too. So I collected for about five years. My brothers, they were quite a bit older than me, so they they stopped collecting before me because I think uh, 19, I stopped collecting in 1994 and I was 13 and they were 17, 18 years old and they were already in the workforce. Like they yeah. were working um, at one of the local sawmills and uh, they stopped collecting. They were just working and that was it. And I was just collecting, kind of collecting by myself. So it wasn't as fun as it used to be. So I stopped collecting. And uh, the, the thing was, I, at that time, I was really like looking for something to attach myself to. So I started playing basketball and I could afford to play basketball. You could play on a high school team for yeah. free. Uh, you just need shoes, a basketball and a hoop. And um, that's what I did. So the next um, 10 years, I really focused on, on playing basketball and I wasn't collecting. And uh, it was just, it was playing basketball that kind of like opened up doors for me and, and got me into uh, university. Um, but I, while I was in university, I went back to collecting again. So in 2004, I started collecting again and buying like OPG, buying Upper Deck. Um, I remember going to London Drugs and buying Tops uh, Rookies and, and Traded or like whatever it's called uh, for like two or three dollars a pack and just ripping that stuff. And that's what got me back into it. And uh, I've been collecting since then. So that's that's how I got into collecting and and where it's been. So uh, right up from 20, 2004 until today, I've I've been collecting and I started the collection I'm doing now in 2014. And the the reason why I did that is because the 10 years prior to that, um, 
I, I'd be like, there'd be times where I'd come disengaged with collecting, like I'd get bored with it. Um, I would, I would be into like um, other things like playing sports myself and stuff and just not having time to put into collecting um, like I did previously. Um, so, and I just got tired of doing the same old stuff, you know, chasing hot rookies and, yeah. you know, just waiting for the next product to yeah. come and then chasing all the parallels down of, of players and stuff. And uh, I just, I decided to um, start collecting indigenous players because my background is Cree. I'm, I'm an indigenous person, first nation. Um, both of my parents are Cree and um, I've always, I've always really enjoyed watching players with indigenous background. Jordan Tutu is my favorite player of all time. I really followed the career of Jonathan Chichu, um, Terry Price, those guys. And um, I just had, I came to a spot where I was like, okay, I'm either going to like commit to collecting sports cards or I'm going to quit. And I, I decided that I'm, I need a focus that's going to keep me in this hobby and that's going to make it fun for me. It's going to make me feel good. And that's what my collection does for me. Um, so when I made that decision, that was the best decision I ever made when I came to collecting hockey cards, because it wasn't about chasing money. It wasn't about chasing rookie cards. It was about having something that made me feel good. And this collection and, and putting this collection together, it makes me feel good because, because um, I, I know, um, how much it, it means to me and I know how it's kept me connected to the hobby. It's connect, helped me con stay connected to so many people who are in the hobby. So, so obviously name, obviously one of the things I was wondering was, you know, in making that, um, you know, in solidifying your collection from just like, cause we all start out as collectors where yeah. you were, you were fascinated by the 88, 89 issue. Uh, for me, it was, I, I'm, I think we're right around the same age. In, in 87, 88, I was able to find packs at the convenience store underneath where my grandparents lived. So I was buying packs of 87, 88, and it was just, I, I was taken with it. The design that, you know, the hockey stick, uh, Wayne Gretzky was in my first pack. I was hooked. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I wonder what that transition was where you really solidified. So I know that, correct me if I'm wrong, Chichu, I'm not sure about Tutu, but Chichu was 97, 98, right? Uh, it was 9899. 9899, which was yeah. also Gomez, right? Was Tutu yeah. also the, around the same time? Uh, Tutu was 2003 04. So oh, it was like right there. when, yeah, right when so, I came back into collecting, that was his rookie class. So were, were those were those players kind of what what drove you to kind of focus on like you know your heritage and and being more focused, or was it always there? Maybe from the beginning, or did it start to solidify via the players? Um, I, I think it was, I think it was always there. Like that always drew me into collecting because um, I, I had a, I had a, a, a fair size tutu collection at one time, um, probably around 2004 or five. I had a, a nice collection of, of tutu going. Um, but my brother, he was like, he really dived deep into Chichu. Like he, he had like a couple hundred Chichu cards, really nice ones, like the cup, uh, patch autos really? he had a lot yeah he he had um uh some of his earlier rookie cards and around that time is like right when teacher was hot like you could you Chichu would was a, was a chase rookie yeah yeah, yeah. so you, i got a funny story about that too actually like and so i'm actually tied to Chichu to in a certain in a certain way so i, I mean i want to find out what your favorite team is after this but we're 
Aton and I are, are Toronto. Maple oh, I know Leaf where fans. this is going. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Aton's still a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, but especially <laughs> after last season. But uh, I am a diehard Leaf fan. I grew up a Leaf fan, like my, my family Leaf fans. And um, in the early 2000s, the Leafs were trash. Like, I mean, they were just not a very good team. And they, 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 there was no hope in sight. There was really like no, no one promising. We just kept getting rental players who were 40 years old and just trying to continually recycle and push for that eighth spot and hope for nothing. And uh, so I was like, forget this. I can't watch this anymore. I'm going to watch a team that's entertaining. And when Joe Thornton got traded to the San Jose Sharks, I was like, yes. <laughs> like a player I actually like watching went to a, like an, like at that point, team was that at that time, the team was pretty much a no name team. You know what I mean? Like the, the San Jose Sharks had like Archers Urbe and they just weren't a very good team. They had like Alan McCauley for a little bit. I was like, this is a cool, fresh start. I'm going to follow the San Jose Sharks. And that with the year that he was traded was the year that Chichu absolutely popped off for 56 goals, uh, won the, the Rocker Richard that year. And uh, I was hooked on not only Chichu, I was hooked on the San Jose Sharks for a little bit. I have a Chichu jersey with uh, the old school Coho with uh, the teal and uh, the gray. It's uh, arguably one of the nastiest jerseys I own. And when I pull it out, uh, at Shinny, I mean, I haven't played Shinny in probably two or three years, but every time I do, people are like, oh man, Jonathan Chichu, <laughs> you know? So I, uh, I can definitely, I can definitely show some love to that man too, man. Yeah. He, he was a very talented goal scorer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty sick jersey you have. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that year, his rookie was going anywhere from like 20, 25, $30. Um, the the tops are the uh, OPG Chrome, and um, he there was Tom up... and OPG, right? Yep, yeah. There's yep. actually four versions of that card. There's like the OPG Chrome, there is an OPG, um, there is an OPG Chrome refractor, and then there's a tops card. Yep. Um, and uh, everyone, I remember everyone like being after his cards, but right before he got hot, my brother started his collection, so he was able to like pick up a bunch um prior to everyone else going after the cards and um what that did is that that connected us to um uh jonathan's grand uh sorry jonathan's auntie um used to live in edmonton and she was always going to the local card shops not looking for his cards too and uh one time we were in the card shop and uh, the card shop owner um said you know jonathan's auntie comes in here all the time if you guys ever want to meet her you know let us know so uh, we we're like, yeah, heck yeah. So, yeah. Um, so they introduced us and she said, you know, um, Jonathan's going to be coming to town this season. If you want to meet him, just let me know. So we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah we do want to meet him. So um, she lived actually really close to my brother's place at the time. And uh, when he came to town to play the Oilers, um, he was over at her place visiting. And my dad had just like been hunting that fall and he killed it. He killed a moose. And um, he sent like a, a roast to Edmonton for, for Jonathan. So we took the, the, the roast moose over. Well, we didn't cook it. We just cooked wow. it. They, we just took it. And they were going to cook it. But we took it there. And they had, that was their supper, was the, the, the moose that my dad had, had shot. So that was pretty cool. We got to go over there. I got to meet him. Just very, very kind and humble guy. And, you know, really easygoing, nice, uh, nice to talk to um just a really positive experience so that was really awesome and um 
that just like drew me more to wanting to collect his cards too. That is an absolutely incredible experience. Like not very often do you collect someone who, I mean, in some ways like you idolize, do you know what I mean? And then not only that, but like met him, you know, uh, your family was able to provide like a meal for them. You know what I mean? Like that, that just sounds like the perfect story. It couldn't have been, it couldn't have been drawn up better. There's two pieces of magic um, that, you know, in some of these stories that we hear from collectors, and it's the fact that you can connect with the sport, with the players. Um, funny side story on my end. I, you know, I've been selling on eBay so long. Do you think I may have at some point sold to the family of players? I have. I actually exchanged a few emails with Ryan Getzlaff's folks. Really? When his wow. cards came out back really? in 05, 06. I sold cards to them. And uh, that's also the magic of through the mail stuff when people get stuff back that's that's incredible um you know you hear stories about people getting stuff back in the mail you know two three weeks before the player passed and and they've got something so incredible a connection there and also name mentioned his older brothers so i had that experience too and i was going to ask you name did you get any like uh hand-me-down cards or anything or did they keep their cards oh they kept their cards he actually he took cards from me because when i was trying to get out i was like I just like I just unloaded to them all to him for for really cheap. So yeah. like when I was taking right. a break from collecting, I yeah. was like, I'd rather just have a little bit of money instead of you know kicking these yeah. around right now. And I, I sold them all to him for cheap. And I, I had like a really nice tutu collection, uh, a Rennie Burke collection, um, who's also Indigenous. He's Métis. Nice. So yeah, I had some really nice cards in there, and uh, he he I'm took sure, them all. I'm sure and, you agree. It's a great advantage. Like your brothers kind of. They lead the way. They they kind of put ideas in your head of what to collect and what is collectible and what's good. And you know, if if you're in a situation where you don't have an older brother or a younger brother, I I highly recommend taking someone under your wing uh, who's young, whether it's a cousin or or someone else's child, and and start getting that hobby love going because that's such an easy way to, to to pass along some of the passion and the and the, and the good stuff there. So at that point, name. So you are you're collecting your your favorite players, uh, and you are starting to ex- expand the uh, the indigenous collection you mentioned in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, so, and, and so and then take us from there in terms of the collection. Yeah. So I well, the very first card I bought was a a Stan Jonathan rookie card, and um, I I had. Um, I, I printed off some lists off of the internet. I, I found a couple of websites. Um, one of them was called nativehockey.com that listed about 50 players on their website. Um, so I, I printed off that list and then there was a couple other places and I just kind of pieced them together. And um, I, I checked off which players I would want to get first. And I, would, I was looking at um, prices to see which would be the most expensive. And I went to a card show and I was looking around and I saw a Stan Jonathan rookie card for $3. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to get that one. So that was the very first card I got. And after that, I, I, I took my list to a couple of the card shops in Edmonton. Um, and they set aside cards for me who, of players they knew were Indigenous because they knew I was putting this uh, collection together. So I, I went over there and I picked those up. And I, I think I, I picked up a TJ Oshie Young Guns um, I picked up a, a Kyle Chiptura black black diamond rookie card. Um, there was a, I think there was about four or five players. There was a, a two two like a really like low end two two. I think it was like a Pacific 
2-2 rookie that I was just using as a placeholder to like, like pick a different card up. But that's kind of how I got started, just slowly putting it together. And I was thinking, you know, I could just like dump money into this right now and in a week have a full collection of this. But I yeah. wanted to take my time. I wanted to look for the right cards um, that were in the right condition that I wanted in my collection. And um, I also wanted them for the right price too. So I was, I was doing a lot of searching around and just trying to be as patient as possible in putting my collection together. But there were also others that were like, they were super hard to find. And, and it took me um, a year or two to get them into my collection. Yeah, I can't imagine they, um, like when you go to a card show, very seldom, you know, are people maybe even bringing those cards with them. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, and like, there's no disrespect to the players, but they're not like the chaseable, like, do you know what I mean? Like they're not the, the, the hottest rookie. And I mean, that is kind well, of unfortunate they, they, for someone who's trying to get a, a, a collection together. They might be at the show, but they won't be in the display case necessarily That's or true. front That's and true. center. Yeah. So you mm. might have to do some digging. Yeah. 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 So for a lot of like guys who played a season, maybe two seasons or even like parts of a season. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about like 10 cent hockey cards that no one's going to want to sell and put out and like put the effort into that. But yeah. um, fortunately, like um, there were some sellers on eBay and uh, one of the one of the websites that I like using is um, Center Ice Collectibles. They have some really like obscure player uh, hockey cards on there. So I, I try to look at their website as, as frequently as I can. And I probably, I probably picked up about 20, 20 different cards in my collection from that, from that website, either through eBay or directly on their, on their website. So, so when does social media and Instagram come into the picture? Well, I, I put my collection on my personal Twitter account in 2017. And it, it kind of like it went viral. There was, I think mean, uh, it was retweeted almost 600 times and uh, it got about, it got over 1500 likes. So there was wow. a lot of people reaching out to me after that. Um, there was a lot of eyes on it. Um, even if it, they didn't retweet it, there was a lot of eyes on it. I had a lot of media reaching out to me asking to do stories on my collection. And, you know, I, I in that process and in, in doing this, some of those interviews, I, I mentioned, you know, I'm going to put a, uh, a website together. I think I might go on Instagram too. Um, but I'm just not sure when. And at the time I was working on a master's degree. So um, uh, it was kind of a, something I would need to like find time for, which yeah. I didn't have a lot of because like I have, a, I have a family. I have three kids now. At the time I had two and um, uh, I trying to find time to be able to do that. Um, you know, it wasn't always available, but um, I jumped on Instagram, I think in uh 2018 about a year and a half later I jumped on Instagram and uh I, I decided that you know I I you know I said I was going to do these things and I I need to follow through with them so I, I jumped on Instagram in 20 late in 2018 and then building up a little bit of a social media presence there um there were some people that I knew from Hobby Insider there were some people who were on Twitter who were following me and it was not even a year into Instagram that I started working on my website and, and putting it together, but it took, it took a long time before I made, I made it available to the public because it's just all the work that was going into it. But uh, 
Instagram for me was late 2018 and it took a while to, to, um, you know, just kind of get followers generated and you know, get some interactions going, but, um, it, it, uh, it, it helped my collection out a lot and like people reaching out, offering to, uh, you know, um, uh, sell or trade some cards to me, help me build my collection, um, and just help me out with, uh, some projects that I had going on. I see the hobby love uh, on your page. See, I find that the best pages, again, I'm social media shy, but Instagram makes sense to me for our hobby visually. Um, you know, I, I started it like a lot of people in 2020 when everything started booming. And I think I was very early on following, uh, following uh, indigenous rookie cards. And it is a, it's, you know, it's a collector and you start to become excited for the collector yeah. Uh, more so than the breaker or the dealer or anything like that, because, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're building something and people are getting involved. And I saw that. I, I wonder also conversely, what did it work the other way in terms of, I would imagine with some of the stuff that you're carrying, like you said, some of it is players that only played a year or two. Were there people reaching out to you and saying, Hey, you know, like this is a family member, or this is, this is a hockey player that I love growing up. And were you oftentimes like, rather than, you know, getting people telling you we've got cards for you, were you in a position where you were sharing with people coming to you with requests or noticing stuff that they didn't notice on other pages? Oh yeah. I've, I've had numerous family members of players reach out to me. Um, one of, one of which was like back in Edmonton. Um, there was a, a, a player named Joe Benoit. He played for the Canadians back in the forties. The he also served in World War II, um, and he won a Stanley Cup with the Canadians. Uh, so he's Métis, and he, he grew up in St. Albert, and he was actually the first uh, hockey player in the NHL from St. Albert. And a lot of his family members were still living in St. Albert, and they reached out to me, and they, they let me know that um, you know, Joe was their, their great uncle, and they were sharing stories with me and stuff. And uh, um, when I picked up his rookie card, I also picked up a couple – um, beehive cards of his um, a little while later and I gave one of those beehive cards to uh, his, his great niece who um, that's who, amazing yeah and is, is, is the, the funniest thing is that my wife worked with his, his niece and his great niece and his great nephew they both worked for the same school district and we had no idea wow so I I gave them one of the beehives that I had um there's also another another guy who reached out to me recently. Um, I have this uh, 1974-75 Acme NHL stamp of a player named Wayne King. And Wayne King, I think, played. I think he played less than ten games in the NHL. It wasn't very long, and uh, it was a really really um, tough job to find one of his cards. Like no one, no one's selling a. a 1974 75 acne stamp yeah. and especially right. wayne king yeah so um i finally got the card and um one of his family members reached out to me within the last year they saw my collection they saw his card on my page and they said you know i'm i'm related to him like he's a cousin of ours and i think it's really awesome that you have this collection i just want to let you know that so there's a lot of there's been a, a lot of those kinds of stories um people reaching out to me who, who knew players when they were growing up, they, they grew up down the street. And one of the best stories I have is um, I actually got in touch with a family member 
through this collection that I never knew I had. And he was, he actually played in the NHL. You might've seen me post about him on my Instagram page. His name is Danny Hodgson. And uh, he grew up, he, he grew up in Fort McMurray and I, I had no idea he existed until I put my collection together. And one of the experiences I had was I, w- I went on the radio station for CBC AM, uh, the like really early morning show. And uh, there's a host named Mark Connolly. And he's asking me about my collection and like, you know, just asking me a lot of questions. And then after the show, he says to me, he's like, hey, um, I'm just wondering if you ever heard of a guy named Dan Hodgson. He played in the 80s for Toronto and for Vancouver. He didn't play very long, he said, but I'm pretty sure he's Métis. You might want to look that up. So I went home that day and after work, I went, I jumped on the computer. I started Googling and I found out he was born, born in my hometown. So he is from Fort Vermilion, Alberta. That's where he was born. And I'd already been uh, two or three years into this collection. And I got on the phone with my dad and I said, I asked him, I said, dad, you know who Dan Hodgson is? He was born in Fort Vermilion. And he's like, yeah, I know who that is. He moved away from here a long time ago, though. He was probably about three years old. I was like, oh, I was like, how do you know him? He's like, he's like, that's your cousin. Like, we're related to him. So, yeah, it's the craziest thing. Just casual. Yeah, real casual. I'm like, I'm like, dad, I've been working on this collection for how many years? Like, what do you You know? (laughs) Like, why aren't you telling me this? And he's like, I don't know. I just never thought about it. But um, his mom and my dad are first cousins. Um, So that's how I'm related to him. And that was really awesome because um, I not only got um, Danny's card into my collection, it got me in, it got me connected to him because we both um, have a, a mutual friend. Um, I have a, a friend through the hobbies named Sean Chalk, and he's from Fort McMurray. And he grew up there and I messaged him. I said, hey, uh, and he and I have been interacting on Instagram a lot of times, so probably for a couple of years. And um I said, you, you grew up in Fort McMurray, right? Like, do you know, do you know my cousin, Danny Hodgson? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I know him. He's like, I grew up with him. We're really good friends. And I was like, no way. So he, he, um, he got in touch with Danny and he asked Danny if it was okay that he gave um, his phone number to me. And um, he, he gave me his phone number. I called him up. We talked for like two hours. He told me all about his hockey career like all of his accomplishments. He was sending me photos um, over text. It was the coolest thing. And like, like, like people, and the thing is people don't talk about him. And he had one of the most dominant years in, in junior hockey, his last year of junior, 1985. He had like 182 points, he played for the Prince Albert Raiders. He won, um, he won the WHL championship. He won the Memorial Cup. He was a Memorial Cup MVP. And then he was also on, on Team Canada for World Juniors that year. And he won a gold medal. And he was also named the Canadian yeah. Amateur Sportsman of the Year that year. So really? all yes, these wild. accolades. Yeah. And, and nobody ever talked about him. I had never heard of him prior to that point. And you, you see players that are like so decorated like that. And, and a lot of times you don't learn about it until you start collecting hockey cards or, yeah. you know, really putting time into looking at some of the history. And I would have never known that about him, that like he was such a good, like an amazing hockey player, so talented that he was the, you know, the player of the year. He, he, you know, he played, I think he played about 114 games in the NHL, but he had um, some injuries. And then he went and played in the Swiss league for like 
uh, 15 years after that and just had this like long pro career and, you know, just never hear about a player like that, even though they were so talented and so gifted. Yeah, I think that's what a collection like yours offers and, and affords is that is that little link of information, history. I, you know, I say, I say this at the risk of, of sounding ignorant, but, you know, oftentimes when I'm looking at your page or, or uh, you know, it's very easy for me to go from your page to then doing a little digging historically on Google when I have some time and, you know, being, not being aware, one of my, one of my earliest favorite players for whatever reason, you, like you said, you turn on CBC, you know, had I not seen Patrick Waugh early on, it may have been, you know, Kelly Rudy instead, but it was Patrick Waugh. Um, but one of my early favorite players on the Canadians was John Shabbat. And I, I was not aware of his background. I wasn't aware of Theo Fleury's background growing up and only, and later in life, you unfortunately heard about a lot of the controversy. So again, I still didn't know. Um, I would venture to say casual sports fans probably know who Carey Price is because of the fact that he's won so many awards, but they may not know his background. And I found that out. I found out a lot of hockey fans didn't, didn't know his background. Um, so that's such an, an important element there is learning about stuff. I mean, you're, you're talking about this, this player who had, you just rattled off the type of stuff that comes with like a know, first overall draft pick, you know, 180 what I mean? like, points in the QMJHL like, is like, correct me if I'm wrong. That's like, you know, uh, those are like Sidney Crosby numbers or, mm. or whatever. Um, so yeah, that, that, that opens up, books on finding out this this history um and that being said is that do you feel like that's an important part of your collection name like in terms of when you are opening it up to people and and showing them that sort of thing is that kind of one of the one of the driving points is 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 getting that information and that knowledge out there yeah for sure and you know when when i first started it wasn't about that at all i had no idea what i was getting myself into um and it was more for, for me when I started, but as I, you know, the more time I put into it, I've been in, I've been doing like in this collection for almost a decade now. And the more time I put into it, um, the more that I'm understanding the importance of it yeah. because the digging that I've done, the time that I've put in, um, you know, the, the entire list I didn't put together myself, but there's a, a big chunk of the players in my list that I've put in time and research for to confirm that they're indigenous and that they have ancestry. Um, so it, it's important for me, like um, when, I'm, when I'm doing that, I, I know that I'm not just doing that from my hockey card collection. I'm, I'm doing that um, from my perspective. I, I feel like I'm doing that for the player to bring some, help bring yeah. some attention to them in their career, but also like for the community, for the indigenous community to know, like, you know, there were almost like there were almost a hundred indigenous players in the NHL. There could be more for all I know, because I'm still finding out more and more all the time, yeah, but yeah. there were almost a hundred indigenous players who played in the NHL at some point. And that's pretty significant. Like that, yeah. that amount of representation is important for, for history. Uh, it's important for young kids to know um, as a part of their identity or um for wanting to chase their dreams. Um, but uh, it's also like, what I found is like, there's people in the hockey community who are using the list that I've created to help grow the game of hockey. And I feel that's a, a significant contribution that my hockey card collection has been yeah. able to make. 
because it was because of hockey cards that more and more people, you know, hockey, hockey cards is a very niche community. Like, you know, it's very niche, but the hockey community itself is so vast. It's worldwide. Um, And the hockey community um, being able to use some of that information to help grow the game, to help grow it in indigenous communities. I think that's, that's been a really key part that my, I I feel like that my collection has paid a a key part in that. And it's something I'm um, like, that makes me feel really good about it. And uh, no, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because it like, you know, it's something that is like, it's very like, like, it's like humbling for me to know that it's contributing in that way. And all it is, it's because of hockey cards, you know, and that's, that's what started it for me is, is having hockey cards. And that's like, you don't think about it. You think like, you think hockey cards are just hockey cards. And, yeah. But there's, there's, there's power behind that too. There's stories, there, there's stories, exactly. powerful stories behind that. And I, I feel like um, I'm, I'm really helping with that. And um, I never expected that, but that's kind of where it's gone. You know, to, to go from uh, like a kid collecting cards and like putting them in your drawer and, you know, just uh, to, having the impact that you have today, you know, even maybe not even directly, but indirectly, like there's just like, and, and that, I mean, the fact that you posted that collection on Twitter and it just rippled and it, it even to this day still gets probably passed around. And I'm sure at some point someone's done some digging or, you know, ha- someone liked an old tweet and it happened to pop up. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of what's pretty cool about the internet is that like, you can, you can, it, it resurfaces. And even if it's not resurfacing, like we have you out here posting regularly. And I think that it's 100% necessary. And uh, I think that, you know, you're, you're doing an unbelievable job in, in, in spreading, you know, community and, and really making people feel like it's possible and, you know, and then really shining a light on, on accomplishments you know, playing in the NHL is a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and we don't respect it enough almost. And, and it was like, Oh, well that play guy, that guy played 10 games in the NHL. Like it's nothing. Right. But like, you know, talk about your cousin, like the accolades uh, just because he only played a hundred and something games in the NHL, you know, that doesn't take away from all the hard work getting there and the fact that he was there in the first place and, and he did mm-hmm. all that in the first place, you know, it's not a be all end all, end all to be the MVP or art, art Ross trophy candidate or any of that stuff. Right. And, and, you know, it's all that stuff is just so important to hear. And I, I you know, I learned stuff from you and the minute uh, cartel, you know, told me that we were going to be interviewing you. I, I dug into your page and I, I myself found there were some players that I had no idea that, that were, you know, um, of native descent. And, uh, I really, I really appreciate that, man, honestly. So thank you. Oh. Oh, what thank you touched you. on, Brendan is the shared Canadian dream. Um, yeah. you call it Canadian or you can call it childhood, yeah. that dream of, of playing. And I'll tell you name, uh, you know, just building off of what Brendan said, you used the internet, to make some amazing moments and and you know when you posted those videos the kids with the cards that's what it was all about man and that that was amazing to see i know that you did if, if you want to maybe just touch on it quickly you did do uh recently an initiative that had you um distributing cards to kids i think that's so important for them 
to see what's possible, to see achievement and to, and to be bolstered by that. You did earlier mention the, the reality. And by the way, this is a reality for many Canadians and, uh, in, and in certain sports that it is sometimes just too expensive for some communities to yeah. participate. Um, so maybe if you just touch a little bit on that initiative that you had with the kids and are there, do you see that, are there things happening that are making things more accessible and creating opportunity? I mean, I, I would hope that I, I know that there are some organizations, but you yourself, are you, are you happy with what you're seeing? Is there more that can be done? Mm. Well, uh, I'll just start with the first part of your question and uh, the initiative that I have going um, uh, started in the spring. Uh, I was just kind of sitting around and I, uh, I knew hockey camps would be starting up again because you were like, you're hearing about uh, the, like uh, the measures being lifted from the pandemic and in yeah, certain I parts of, of Canada. So I, I knew hockey camps would be starting up again. It was, you know, that would be huge for a lot of kids to be able to, you know, go to a hockey camp again and have that experience. So I wanted to be able to um, give back to that in some way. So um, I wanted to, the idea was that I wanted to send like base cards. I wasn't asking for anything special at all. Like I, I sent a request out to the hobby community in May, early May. Um, and I was asking for base cards. So just, you know, you open up a, a pack of cards. And for me, when I, when I open up packs of cards, I, I pick out what I want and then I leave a stack of base cards there because I'm not a set collector. I don't put sets together. And a lot of times I, I just give the cards away. Like yeah. I, I always give them away. So they just sit there and I just thought, you know, if, if there's other people doing that and they just have piles of base cards sitting there, you know, I'm going to ask them for these like cards that are not worth a ton, a few cents, whatever. You and, got some uh, cool stuff. I know I did. I did. I got some amazing stuff. And, um, so I asked for base cards and what I was going to, what I wanted to do with them is I, I reached out to several people that I know who, um, who do hockey camps. And I, I asked them, I said, if you're doing hockey camps, is it okay if I send some cards, hockey cards of indigenous players to you that you can give out to the kids? And they were all like, heck yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, I, I, um, I sent a request out and I think I, um, I think uh, there were about 1800 cards that were donated and I still have some because I didn't give them all out, but I'm using the, I'm going to be using them again for next year. Um, but I received some amazing cards in there. There were like some future watch autos in there, like Jordan Tutu, uh, Zach Whitecloud. There were a ton of young guns. There was like steel flurry rookies in there, um, base cards from the sixties, seventies and eighties. I had no idea people were going to send me stuff like that, like um, like patches, jersey cards, autos. Like it was pretty amazing what people were awesome. sending to me, and um, it it made a lot of kids happy. And um, that, that was the feedback that I got from the players who were who were holding the camps. And um, I just felt like you know I had this platform on on Instagram that I could be using in a good way, and I felt like that that was a good way to do it. And uh, Every time I got cards in, you know, I was trying to be as transparent as possible and posting all the cards. Um, and even when I was sending them off, I would post them and I would tell people where they were going. So yeah. um, I think I have a stack of about five or 600 cards that are unused. I, I sent some away um, this past week um, to some grade four kids in a small community in Alberta called Glendon. I did a presentation 
for uh, for their class last week about my hockey card collection. So I sent them all uh, hockey cards, and um, I sent some away to um, one of um, one of my internet buddies. His name's um, Trev Eiserhoff. He he has a podcast called Res Hockey, but he's also a, a scout and a and a hockey coach. So he sees kids all the time, and I, I sent him some cards that he can pass out to kids while he's out at the hockey rinks and stuff. Um, but I, I just think there's a lot of good we can do um, with the with what we're doing in this hobby. And the things that I wanted to do is like I, I wanted to get kids collecting, of course, because I knew how fun it was when I was a kid. Um, but I was also wanting to give kids the opportunity to see themselves in the cards they were yeah. looking at. So Absolutely. you don't. Yeah. So you don't always get to do that. And, um, that was, that was an important, uh, part of, of what we, what I would say we were doing because it was the hockey card community that contributed to that. Yeah. It's amazing. And, uh, so the second part of your question. Yes. Was, uh, can we, can we do more, you know, like, are you happy oh. with, with how things are going in terms of, you know, let's say when you were a kid growing up and, and maybe what was available to you versus, you know, what's available today, uh, you know, how is that? And, and can we, can we do better? You know, like, is there, mm -hmm. is there room for, I mean, there's always room for improvement, but is there like, do, do bigger strides need, need to, to be made? Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's some gaps in uh, yeah. in communities, um, you know, indigenous or non-indigenous. There's just, like huge finance, financial gaps. And uh, I'm a teacher, so I, I've been working in schools for a long time and uh, I've done a lot of youth work and I see a lot of the, the gaps that are there and I'm trying to create some uh, equity for people to close those gaps, um, to have sports available to them. Um, I think there's always more we can do. Uh, and there's some good organizations out there called there's kids sport. There's also jumpstart that do a lot of really awesome work. Um, but of course there's always more we can do. And even us as a community, we can, we can donate to those nonprofit organizations and, and those, those funds can go towards kids that are, you know, struggling families that are, are struggling to meet the financial requirements of, of being in sports. Couple last, couple uh, final questions I wanted to ask you revolving around the times, revolving, revolving around the very unique times we're in these days. For the hobby, I would certainly say, you know, we could have a good starting point would be when, you know, when, when, uh, when the lockdowns hit, the pandemic started. Did you find that that was, uh, um, in terms of what you were doing, did you find that that was, because uh, a lot of people point to the fact that this, ho this hobby blew up. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you were a traditional collector of Carey Price, for example, I'm um, using him, him as an example, because he's one of those guys whose cards, you know, quadrupled in price. Yeah. All of a sudden you have more collectors, you have higher prices. That said for yourself and what you were doing, did, did, was it necessarily a did, did it help in terms of the exposure and the fact that things got bigger? Did it make things more difficult because of pricing and ability to get product? I mean, if you're looking for. Brady keepers or someone new yeah. in new product. New product like, is at unprecedented prices. Zach Cloud for or Zach White Cloud, for instance. You know what I mean? Like I can imagine mm -hmm. his young gun would probably be significantly more expensive than others just because of how expensive. Well, the product I would think more the product. Just yeah. well, that's what I mean. But that's what I mean because the product's more expensive. Like I, I mean that card would probably be more expensive than one previously. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm more of a a, a singles guy. Um, so I, I like, I love buying singles more than I, I love right. buying product. Yeah. So 
Um, I, I usually wait till, you know, products are released and, you know, people Smart. start selling them on, yeah. on eBay um, before I start chasing because that, that, that's what I used to do as I would just buy the, buy the boxes and, uh, and, and rip that way and, and try to chase for the players. But um, yeah, buying singles is a lot easier for me. Um, I can focus on, on what I'm looking for and it's, the 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 hobby hobby boom like it brought more exposure to my collection for sure um there's a lot like there's a lot more people uh a lot more eyes on my instagram page after um after the hobby boom for sure um but as far as like like pricing goes yeah it it did affect what i'm collecting um for like better known players and but as far as like some of the lesser known guys uh it didn't affect it a whole lot like they were cheap to begin with so you know, you're probably paying a couple, couple bucks extra, but for guys, like you said, like Gary Price, um, Zach Whitecloud, Ethan DJ Bear, Oshie probably is yeah, the DJ yeah. Oshie, yeah. like, um, yeah. things went significantly, significantly, significantly up for those players. Yeah. And those, when, when the hobby boom came in, my focus on getting cards of those players kind of dwindled a bit because in my mind, um, the cards aren't, I, I, I'm not paying that price that people are asking because yeah. I, I know what they're worth and I know what I should be paying for them. So I, I wasn't going to um, uh, collect, focus on collecting like bigger name players anymore. And, uh, you know, more power to them. Like, you know, make money then you know, by all means. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm, I've been working on this for almost a decade. I'm a pretty patient guy. I've been waiting years to find certain cards and, and I've been able to find them. So, you know, I, I can, I can be as patient as possible, focus on some other things at the same time, because there's a lot of different, different ways I can, I can focus on my hockey card collection. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, the, the, the fact that there's multiple players in it, um, allows me to, uh, be a little bit more diverse with what I'm doing. So, yeah. um, you know, within the last, uh, year or two, I, I was, I've been focusing more on, Young Guns, um, getting the exclusives and all like the other parallels, um, the EPAC parallels, and also like if affordable, like high, glo high gloss um, Young Guns as well. And uh, I've been putting a lot more time into my Jordan Tutu and Jonathan Chichu collection. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So Name, I, I, I did want to put this out there. This is about you and your collection and the great things that it has. Uh, it's such a great element of the hobby there's so many different sectors we have it certainly isn't about me or my opinion um but i wanted to throw this out there and if you cer i certainly i want to you know give you the form the, the the platform as well if you so choose to kind of add to it or 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 let us let us know your thoughts but you know sports uh i had a i had a live once with peter pacman where i, was, I really rambled and went off about the ufc which is not for everyone. It's a violent sport. Uh, mind you, hockey can get pretty violent, as, mm -hmm. we, as we all know from playing it and watching it. Yeah. Um, but I was talking about um, the inclusivity and, and just how diverse the UFC happens to be. Mm -hmm. uh, just because there's literally not a country, not a, not a gender, not a sexual orientation that isn't covered right now in the UFC, which I think is so absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, hockey has a lot of power, not just in Canada, as we mentioned, it's we're, we're talking about Scandinavia. We're, we're, I mean, we're talking about there's people in Japan collecting hockey cards. We're talking about, um, you know, Russia 
And we're going to see that with the Olympics. That's exciting. But, you know, we are seeing more, more players of, 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 uh, of African-American background, all sorts of different backgrounds entering this sport, which is as it should be, right? If you're, if you're athletic and you're able to partake in this sport, you should. It is a, it is a uh, kind of a, a great equator for a lot of people. And you start to educate yourselves about other people that way sometimes when people are isolated, for example, um, and, and don't have that kind of exposure. The, the sport can be the thing that can do that. And we've had a lot of revelations this past year in our country. My background, obviously, is someone everyone's got different backgrounds, even though we call ourselves Canadians, you know, anytime you talk about a period of your background, for example, in my case, where you say people fled from somewhere um yeah you kind of have that associated feeling that some people have when it comes to prejudice when it comes to uh you know unfair realities and uh that's why i think now more than ever your your collection and the things that it gets people onto in terms of history and research and studying and, re and, and realizing and and again inclusivity is is more important than ever um so i don't know if if you wanted to add something to that name or, or if you had something uh, that, that you wanted to mention regarding that, um, yeah. certainly we, we, you know, we'd like to hear it. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the thing I like to say about my, my hockey card collection is that it, uh, it disrupts stereotypes and stigmas. So historically there's been a lot of uh, negative stereotypes and stigmas uh, towards indigenous people. And there's, it's just been like a, a bad history and that, that, you know, can continues today. A lot of this stuff continues today in our communities. And um, I, I think what uh, my hockey card does, is, hockey card collection does, is I think it, it opens up people's eyes that, um, you know, that we're, we're not stereotypes. There's, there's people who are succeeding, not just in hockey, yeah. but in all walks of life. You know, it's, it's not just sports. Uh, there's indigenous people who are doctors, there's, there's teachers, there's lawyers, there's people who are in professional positions. They're doing a lot of really good work in, in the world. And um, I, I'm hoping that uh, I can, you know, hope, open up people's eyes to that. And um, uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that the collection allows um, young people, especially young people to start seeing that, that they're like, there's, people doing really positive things out there that we don't hear about and uh the, the a lot of times historically media just portrayed things in in negative terms and you know even for me growing up I, I admit like I didn't have the best identity like about who I was I there was times I didn't want to be an indigenous person I didn't want to be first nations because of how there were I felt the world looked at me and uh that changed over the years and I'm I'm hoping that you know, I'm hoping that kids out there are not seeing things that way, that they're, they're able to um, see things more in a positive light and that the successes that Indigenous people are having everywhere will contribute to their own success. That's amazing. Yeah, and you're, you're an educator in more ways than one name in, in that sense, you know, whether, whether you like it or not, in addition to being an actual teacher. I know that growing up in Canada, there were certain things I was not taught. As an adult, I'm learning. And we can, we can learn at any age. Um, you know, it's not just, not just being a, a slave to whatever a, a, an organization wants to teach you. Yeah. Uh, and I mm -hmm. hope that uh, that opens up and I hope we can continue to learn. And I love that sports and cards are the link there that can get us there. So 
you know, uh, can't say enough about how important your collection is in that sense. Oh, thank you. Yeah, name. I I can't I can't tell you how much this interview has meant to me. You know, as uh, someone who wants to continue to learn um, and and truthfully hear the experience, you know, from different people and different backgrounds, it, it really has been very impactful. So I I, I want to thank you for this, man. Honestly, one Thanks last one last thing. Where do we reach you? Let's say we want to donate base cards maybe we want to donate something bigger better something uh you know that could really help a few kids out maybe they, they want to donate to a program that that you're helping organize um where can we reach out to you uh, we mentioned your instagram is that your main form of contact yep my instagram uh also my twitter uh it's at indige cards uh, you can email me uh, indigenousworkycards at gmail.com or you can uh, hit up my website, uh, indigenousworkycard.com. Amazing. Name, what is, the, what is the number one card you're chasing right now? Uh, I am always watching out for a 2003-04 Upper Deck Young Guns of Jordan 2-2. Okay. High gloss. High gloss. High gloss. Yep. Time to do some work and track down where those 10 yeah. suckers are. Yeah. Team, if there's anyone out there that knows where to find one, you absolutely need to hit up either one of us or Mr. Name. Let's help make his collection whole, please. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys had as much fun as we had today. Cardboard coaches are out, team. Peace.